Howdy doodly, friends. Welcome to episode 9 of Demented and Unusual. <laughs> so, today we're doing the episode on Charles Ray Hatcher. Oh yeah, by the way, Christian's here. Hi. Um, he's also known as Crazy Charlie, born July 16th, 1929, which makes him a cancer. And he has a total of 16 confirmed kills. Hmm. Hmm. Good old Charlie here was born in Mound City, Mississippi. Giggity. <laughs> he is the youngest of four. He had three older brothers, Arthur Allen, Jesse Jr., and Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> you say giggity when you say Mound City, and like when I hear Mound, I think of like the chocolate, you know, that gross one? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's like Almond Joy, but without the almonds. Guess we know who the bigger lesbian is. <laughs> sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Tony always feels like a nut. That's <laughs> a bust. <laughs> raised by yes. both parents. Yes, he was raised by both parents, Jesse and Lula Hatcher, until the tender age of six. Tinder. Mm. Jesse was an ex-convict, an alcoholic, a drug addict, and is claimed to have also abused his children when they were younger. So, you know, wasn't winning any Dad of the Year awards anytime soon, but boo-hoo, get over it. And as many of our other... What are you doing? Oh, that was awkward. <laughs> and as many of our other subjects, he had academic, social, and discipline problems in school. He was bullied, and as a result, would often bully other classmates and inflict pain on them, which was to be continued into his adulthood. <laughs> the crappiest hood to live in. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Because then people look at you weird when you're sitting there smacking your boobs. Uh, like, yeah. why judge me? I'm not judging, I was just jealous. In 1935, <laughs> he and his older brothers were flying kites with a copper wire they found. Because that's the most, <laughs> like, that makes the most sense. Yeah, totally. Um... And his older brother, Arthur Allen, was about to hand it to him. And he actually hit a high-voltage power line and was electrocuted. <laughs> I wonder if, like, his hair puffed out and stuff. That would be funny. I mean, not funny because, like, he died, but... Like, and I imagine a copper wire, like... When I imagine flying a kite, it's all, like, loosey-goosey and stuff, and I don't imagine copper wire being very, like... Maybe if it was, like, a thin one. Maybe, but... So he was pronounced dead at the scene, and shortly after, his father divorced his mother and left. From there, his mother went on to marry a lot of men. I mean, not at once, you know. They all left her. And then, in 1945... They moved to St. Joseph with her third husband. Hmm. Prior to his killing spree, he spent time in jail, prison, a forensic hospital, and spent time with many a psychologist. Hmm. 
many, you say. I do. In October of 1947, he was convicted of auto theft after he stole a logging truck from the Iowa Missouri Walnut Company, who he had been employed with for just two weeks. So, guy had big balls. Stop me now. I'm not gonna stop you. It's okay. Big balls, you say. You got my attention. But they stopped him because, ah. you know, he received a two-year suspended the balls? sentence. Oh. They didn't stop his balls. The cops. The cops stopped his balls. The cops stopped his... <laughs> he was cock-blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. February 5th, 1948. He was again convicted of auto theft after stealing a 1937 Buick. He was sentenced to two years at Missouri State Penitentiary and was released June 8, 1949, after serving a little more than half of his time. A few months later, he was back in prison after being convicted of forging a $10 check at a gas station in Merrillville, Missouri. <laughs> no, they actually say Missouri. They don't say they Missouri. Do. The people of Missouri say Missouri. I know I didn't like Missouri for a reason. March 18, 1951... <laughs> He escaped from prison and attempted a burglary, was caught and received an additional two years in prison. Hatcher was then released on July 14, 1954, and received received (laughs) four years in prison after, guess what? What? Stealing a 1951 Ford. (sighs) He's not a very good car thief. No. Before he was sentenced... He tried to escape Bray County Jail in Richmond and subsequently received an additional two years to his sentence. Because that's the only amount that they know how to add to. Yeah. And, you know, was released in March 18th of 1959. He was not a good escaper either. Escapier? Escapier. <laughs> June 26th, 1959. Charles ventured out and went on to abduct... Stephen Pelham, a 16-year-old newspaper delivery boy. Uh, he threatened Stephen with a butcher knife. And little Stevie boy was like, nah, bro. I'm gonna report you. And he blew his grape whistle. He- <laughs> what? I like how you said that and you just had a smile on your face so happy with yourself. He blew his sentence. grape whistle? Yeah, like, you know, his rape whistle, but I said, I say grape whistle. Anyway, sentence. Hatcher wanted to blow some kind of whistle of his. <sighs> so, yes, Hatcher was caught once the police stopped him for driving in a stolen vehicle. It's kind of his thing. He was sentenced to five years in Missouri State Pen for Missouri. the. As I was saying, he was sentenced to five years in Missouri State Pen for the attempted abduction and auto theft under the Habitual Criminal Act. And while waiting to be transported, he once again decided to escape and failed miserably because, as we mentioned, he sucks. Once he left Buchanan County and went home to Missouri State Penitentiary... He was calling himself the most notorious criminal in the Northwest 
Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. Missouri. Since Jesse James. <laughs> July 2nd, 1961, a 26-year-old inmate named Jerry Farrington was found raped and stabbed to death on the floor of the prison kitchen loading dock. He had been repeatedly stabbed in the back. Since Hatcher was the only inmate missing from the kitchen crew at the time of the murder, they automatically assumed it was him and sent him to solitary confinement on August 21st, 1961. Which is really dumb because there was not enough evidence to even convict him in court. Yeah. But he was in solitary for a long ass time. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. It's like, why would they even put him there if it didn't fucking do anything either? Yeah. On January 18th, 1962, while still in solitary, he wrote a note to the major of the penitentiary. Penitentiary. <laughs> I'm just going to say pen, because I get tripped up over that word. Um, and he claimed that he needed psychiatric treatment. The prison psychologist assumed that it was a scheme to get out of solitary, and possibly even prison, and just refused to treat him. I wonder if life would have been different for him had they actually started treating him when he requested it. I don't know. As we're going to see later on, like, he's been in and out of mental institutions and everything, and they haven't done shit for him, so... Maybe? I mean, he wasn't willing then. True. The only reason he considered it was just to not have to go to, like, prison prison. True. In October of 1962, he was finally returned to Gen Pop and ended up receiving a reduced sentence of three quarters of his original time. He was released August 24th, 1963. He did get satisfaction, though. (sighs) He began his spree... In 1969, at the very late age of 40, mm-hmm. it is rumored that he was a virgin. But, I mean, if he did kill Jerry Thorrington, he was not. Because mm. he was sodomized. Yes, he took it in the back. Oh, my. August 27, 1969, he confessed to, to kidnapping. Well, he didn't confess at that time. He later confessed. I believe. I don't know. Anywho, 12-year-old named William Freeman in Antioch, California. The boy was riding down the street on his bike and had a tennis racket with him. So he told the boy to go with him, took him to a creek, and then proceeded to strangle him with his bare hands. Yeah. August 29th, 1969... Six-year-old Gilbert Martinez was reported missing in San Francisco. Um, The girl that Gilbert was playing with says he walked away with the man that offered to get him ice cream. Gilbert was found by a man walking his dog as he was being beaten and sexually assaulted. Police arrived and arrested the assailant, who then gave the name Albert Albert Ralph Price. Although his ID said Hobart Prater. Gilbert survived. And later on, the FBI identified Albert Price or Hobart Prater as Ray, Charles Ray Hatcher. Hmm. Still going by the name of Albert Price, Hatcher was charged with assault to attempt assault with attempt to commit sodomy and kidnapping. He was ordered to undergo competency evaluations 
and was unresponsive, so a psychological evaluation was ordered. Now, he claimed to hear voices, he faked illusions, and made suicide attempts, all to avoid prison. In December of 1970, he was sent back and forth between courts and the hospitals multiple times. One psychiatrist diagnosed him as having passive-aggressive personality with paraphilia and pedophilia. For those of you who don't know, paraphilia is any abnormal sexual desires. Including BDSM. Kind of a broad statement there, but... I've read, like, a more detailed one, but, yeah, it's pretty broad, generally. Yeah. For, as far as diagnosing it. So, apparently, I'm a paraphiliac. Awkward. It was reported that the hospital staff felt he was fabricating or exaggerating his symptoms. In January 1971, he was examined by two psychiatrists. One declared him insane and recommended vigorous treatment in a secure hospital, and the other declared him incompetent to stand trial and sent him back to the hospital. May 24, 1971, he was sent to trial and entered a plea of not guilty by, you guessed it, reason of insanity. As a result, he was sent to a different hospital to undergo even more evaluations, where it was once again determined that he was unfit to stand trial. June 2nd, he escaped the hospital, was caught a week later in Calusa, California, and arrested for, can you guess, Kristen? Kidnapping. Auto theft. (laughs) This time under the alias Richard Lee Grady. Gravy. Hungry, shut up. <laughs> he returned to California State <gasps> Hospital for a mental evaluation. In April of 1972, the staff deemed him a danger to other patients, and he was sent to the Prison State Hospital in Vacaville. In August of 72, he was transferred again to San Quentin State Prison to stand trial three years after his crime had been committed. Two final examinations were ordered. One deemed him competent, and the other deemed him sane at the time of his crime. So, basically, he had just duped all the other psychologists that evaluated him. December December 12, 1972, Ohachi Boy was tried for and convicted of the abduction and molestation of Gilbert Martinez. Sorry if we're not cracking jokes, it's just, they're all so young. Yeah. So it's hard for me to joke about it. Pretty infuriating. Yeah. Especially with how easy he got it, like, the whole time. Well, yeah, and I mean, he... He fucking got off so easy. I know. Like, it's... Ugh. Okay. January 9th. Ninth. Ninth. I did it again. January 9th, 1973. He was committed to California State Hospital as a mentally disordered sexual offender. March 28th, 1973. Security guards found him hiding in a cooler near the courtyard with two sheets stuffed into his pantaloons. His pantaloons? He admitted to an escape attempt. (laughs) And he was sent back to court for sentencing, where doctors determined him to still be a threat to society. April, he was sentenced one year to life and was sent to medium 
to a medium security prison in Vacaville. That's like a really big gap. Like one year to life. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> In May of 73, the psychologist found Hatcher to be a, quote, manipulative, institutionalized sociopath. Which, you know, goes to show how he was able to manipulate and dupe all those other psychologists that were like, he's insane. Yeah. Well, no, he just knows what he's doing. <laughs> In June of 73, it was recommended that he be transferred to a maximum security prison, and in turn, he slit his wrists in an attempt to kill himself, which then earned him the diagnosis of a paranoid schizophrenic, and he was able to remain at Vacaville. Honestly, I really don't think they knew what they were doing. I don't either. Just because you try to kill yourself doesn't mean you're a paranoid schizophrenic. No. He was just fucking terrified of having to go to a real prison. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, do you know what they do to child molesters in prison? What they deserve. Yeah. August 1975, guards reported good behavior at the parole review. June 1976, California Parole Board set his parole date at Christmas of 78. Due to a bill passing giving inmates credit for time spent in jails and mental hospitals, he actually received a modified parole date in January of 77. So on May 20th of 1977, he was released to a halfway house in San Francisco. But just five days later, he violated the terms of his parole when he did not return to the halfway house. And he was considered a, quote, walk away and was basically on the run from the wall. May 26, 1978, four-year-old Eric Christgen disappeared from downtown St. Joseph, Missouri and was later found along the Missouri River. He had been sexually abused and died of suffocation. They interviewed over a hundred possible suspects, one being a man by the name of Melvin Reynolds. He was a man of limited intelligence who had been sexually abused himself as a child. Following numerous interviews, one even being conducted under the truth serum, quote-unquote, Reynolds finally gave in and and produced a false confession, saying, I'll say so if you want me to. And he was actually sentenced to life in prison. He was released four years later, actually, when Hatcher confessed to the murder of Eric and two others. September 4, 1978, Hatcher was arrested under the name Richard Clark in Omaha, Nebraska, for the sexual assault of a 16-year-old boy. He was sent to the Douglas County Mental Hospital, where he was released in January of 1979. May 3rd, 1979, he was arrested for the assault and attempted murder after he tried to stab a seven-year-old boy named Thomas Morton. And for that, he was sent to the Norfolk Regional Center Mental Health Facility after the charges were dropped. In May of 1980, Hatcher was released, but two months later returned for yet another assault and attempted escape in September of the same year. Well, he didn't attempt, he actually escaped. Sorry. And then October 9th, 1980, 
he was arrested as Richard Clark in Lincoln, Nebraska for the attempted assault and sodomy of a 17-year-old boy. He was sent to yet another mental health facility and released after 21 days. That's a ridiculous fucking sentence. Yeah. January 13th, 1981, after being arrested again as Richard Clark in Iowa, after a knife fight, he spent time in several mental health facilities and released to a Davenport Salvation Army shelter in April. By July, he was again arrested as Richard Clark in Bettendorf, Iowa, for attempting to abduct an 11-year-old boy from the grocery store. The boy was able to run away, and for some reason, charges were dropped, but Hatcher was sent to Mount Pleasant Mental Hospital on an involuntary commitment and spent a whole 49 days and was released. July 28, 1982, Hatcher abducted a 10-year-old boy outside of a mall in St. Joseph, Missouri, Boy had been browsing in a record shop at the mall when Hatcher grabbed him by the shoulder and tried to say he was a security guard. He got away, and Hatcher escaped before the police even arrived. On July 29, 1982, 11-year-old Michelle Steele was reported missing in St. Joseph. The day after, she was found nude, beaten, and strangled on the banks of the Missouri River by her uncle. Her body was found less than a mile downstream from where Eric Christgen's body was found earlier. On July 30th, 1982, he was arrested as he attempted to check himself into the state hospital. While awaiting trial, he confessed to 15 other child murders dating as far back as 1969. He gave the deputy a scrap, of piece, a scrap piece of paper saying, please call the FBI and tell them I would like to see them today. Very important case. So the FBI came and he started talking about his first victim, William Freeman, who disappo- disappeared in Antioch, California in August of 1969. He said that he took him to a creek and strangled him. Hatcher then drew a map that led to the remains of 28-year-old James Churchill in Rock Island Army Arsenal, who he actually killed on June 20, 1981. James was stabbed to death on the banks of the Mississippi River, and Hatcher confessed that he and Churchill had been drinking heavily, and he felt the impulse to kill growing inside of him. He stabbed Churchill until the until the knife became embedded into his bone, um, to the right of his chest, near his heart. Sorry, that was awkward. Stabbed him a total of ten to twelve times. It was at this time that he also confessed to killing Eric Christian. It became clear to the FBI agent Joe Holtstag that Hatcher was actually trading details about these murders in hopes of getting the death penalty. In October of 1983, he was convicted for the murder of Eric, where he was sentenced to life without parole for a minimum of 50 years. He then received a second life conviction for Michelle Steele, December 3rd of 1984. He asked for the death sentence, but the jury refused. So he was sentenced to life for that one. It, uh, 
Missouri State Pen. December 7, 1984, he committed suicide by hanging himself in his cell with a piece of electrical wire that had been tied to the brace of a heavy metal ventilation grate within his cell. Supposedly, he had tied his own hands behind his back. I, I don't know. So, that, he never received a degree, never married, never procreated. Thank God. And aside from molesting Michelle Steele, was a homosexual. Ugh. That was a very draining episode, it but... Was. Still a good subject. I mean, he had... We found a ton of information on him. Not much about his childhood other than he had a bad dad. Watched <laughs> his brother die. Yeah. Maybe that's part of why he's so fucked up. Maybe. I don't know. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next one, we'll try and make it a little bit more fun or upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go back to violating your ear holes <laughs> pleasurably. <laughs> Stay creepy, y'all. <laughs>